killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Welcome to another episode of the Texas Day Saw Massacre number 71. Today we are doing the Poughkeepsie tapes. Oh, she shall. The Poughkeepsie tapes. This is some found footage um, from the year 2000 something. 2007. 2007, yeah. So pre, pre, um, what's that movie? Pre-paranormal activity. Pre-paranormal activity. Right, uh-huh. Um, and, but it kind of suffered for getting a launch, like, um, I guess it just got like a Blu-ray re-release this or last year in 2017. Yeah, Scream Factory dusted it off, and yeah. I think that's probably because he's had so many successful films since then. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is we, like an early one. So we got um, he did Devil. He directed mm-hmm. Devil. He did um, Quarantine, uh-huh. which was the remake of um, Wreck. Yeah, is it the an American? official remake or is it just kind of a major concept ripoff? I'm not totally sure about that. I th- I've always thought that Quarantine was the American remake of Wreck. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've seen Quarantine, but I mean, then they all kind of blend together. They do, but like I, a I concept definitely... concept rip-off sounds almost kind of... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could fit there, too. But I definitely haven't seen the original Wreck, and people always praise that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you were saying this one is before Paranormal Activity, and it probably suffered because of that. There wasn't as big of yeah. a found footage wave or demand, perhaps in 2007 so it just got a direct tv streaming release until yeah, one year ago it got just vod so it was, yeah it was really kind of hidden so it's almost like 10 years later mm-hmm. this guy's like oldest movie or one of his oldest movies gets a, to see the light of day a little bit yeah and it's exciting because we love as above so below mm-hmm. yeah and that's the other one he did mm-hmm. yeah right. and i mean i think devil was directed pretty great it was yeah. fun I forgot that it wasn't M. Night Shyamalan who directed that. He just produced it. Yeah, that's kind of why I was like interested in it. Because like, mm. we talked the other week about we like you know the collective groan that the audience did when they realized that the devil trailer was M. Night Shyamalan, but it was just written by him. Yeah. So that was sort of the forgiveness when I went and saw it, is that I would be seeing an M. Night Shyamalan story right. through the eyes of someone maybe with talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why out of all of his movies, it's the most kind of like horror-y concept. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I have a soft spot for your devil as well. So yeah, I've cool. only watched it that one time. Same. But I I was watched, like glued to it and interested the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It kind of... I didn't feel like at a certain point in that movie, there was like anything satisfying they could do in terms of delivery. Like mm-hmm. who was going to be the the devil or the evil one. Yeah. Turned out to be that old lady. Old lady. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers on devil. For a, uh okay movie that came out seven years ago. Yeah. yeah. But no one really talks about it rewatches. I don't think. Yeah. And that was after this one. Yeah. But yeah, that one really scratches our itch of like one room horror movies or really? like limited concept horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Even, right? Like even smaller than a one room. Absolutely. Elevator. And Chris Messina is the main cop, like trying to figure out what's going on. Right. Who is Chris Messina? From Mindy Project oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're everything right. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What He's we... like looking behind the security cameras, right? And I oh, just yeah. remembered they're like viewing the footage and going back frame by frame. And then there's like just this giant devil yeah. face or something at some yeah. point. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Well, I only saw it in theaters, so I never. Yeah. But that was wow. that was a huge success for this guy compared to Poughkeepsie Tapes. Mm-hmm. To have a film that you make that just kind of disappears. But since it's released with Scream Factory, I've seen a number of places. And I think some of our scary cats have recommended it to us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty excited. I watched the trailer for it. Oh, you did? Yeah, earlier today. 
and looks good. It looks really creepy. Yeah. Great. It's um, I mean, it has a lot in common with uh, Creep. I think not mm-hmm. necessarily the the great character acting, but like the concept of a serial killer making his own movies. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, in an abandoned house in Poughkeepsie, New York, murder investigator to uncover hundreds of tapes showing decades of a serial killer's work. So totally creep comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't think we're going to have the same like character. I yeah. think it's going to be like more just creepy serial killer stuff from maybe a lot of that point of view that I'm going to have to come to terms with. But mm, Killer POV. Uh, killer POV is better when it's found footage, right? That makes a little more sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can, I can deal with that. Cool. Um, okay, how about before we get to that, we do a little bit of... Scary Town. What did you, what did you bring for Scare and Tell this week? All right. Well, this week, um, I watched uh, the movie The Babysitter on Netflix. Oh, wow. Yeah. You went for, went for it. Mick G's masterpiece. Yes, indeed. Um, and I got to say, I don't totally know how to feel about it. Really? Yeah. It was, I would say overall is good. It was a fun time. Um, I think conclusively it's something you should watch with people. Mm. Like I watched it alone on a bus <laughs> and that was fine. It, I had a good time at parts. I groaned at a few parts. It's very teenage. Mm. Um, this I'll, is a Netflix download on your mobile device yeah. type experience. Yeah. Wanted to give that nice. a shot. And yeah, it was great. It was a good way to kill some time if you're taking a bus trip between cities. All right. So is it more... Is it more like comedy horror or it's it real scares? No, it's it's definitely comedy it's like thoroughly a comedy presentation, but they go like comedy cool. So like the way people die, the effects of of the gore and stuff like that. Mm. Um, there's some real bloody, torturous scenes, but it's all very lighthearted. So what you're seeing is pretty gross, but they don't scare you at all. Mm. No, it's the kid's really funny, and he never he never seems that scared. He always has like a wisecrack. So, so it's a pretty accessible horror movie. Oh yeah. It's like final girls level. Funny. Yeah. Um, and, and then like tons and tons of little things on the screen, like little just jokes and one liners that they write in text on the screen constantly throughout the movie. Weird. Yeah. Like he has a pocket knife at one point and, uh, he like picks it up and like, as he's gathering supplies to try to escape the house and he picks it up and it is a freeze frame and grays out the screen and goes pocket knife. Oh, on the screen. okay. And then like later he's tied up and then he pulls out, it's like pocket knife. Hell yeah. Or something. Really? It does that throughout so the like whole weird movie. Scott Pilgrim esque yeah, yeah, post-production yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Tons and tons Strange. of that. I'd never, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. So that right. was part of it. Yeah. And like, um, some goofy moments of like torrents of blood, like spraying out of a knife wound into somebody's face. Mm. You know, they do that like twice with two different people, like a running gag. Right. It's like, oh, that's weird. Uh, people get shot by a handgun, fly across the room. Like, it's really strange. That's I'm a little more intrigued because, yeah, I have heard two things. Like, people either are like, this is a terrible movie. Don't see it. Or people are like, it's no. fun. Come on. Yeah. It's a little fun. That's what you got to uh, uh, totally. If someone says it's a terrible movie, they're just wrong. There's, it's silly and it's definitely not what I expected, mm-hmm. but everything that you see is well done. It's just very stylized into the, yeah, Scott Pilgrim is a great, hmm. a great comparison, but I don't totally know how to feel about it. I really think you should watch it with people and try to have a good, like laughy time mm-hmm. and I can't see how you wouldn't enjoy it. But for me alone, trying to get creeped out, it was a bit of a mistake. Yeah. Great. Awesome. I'm glad you checked it out because I wanted yeah. to get some closer insight. Yeah. And, about and, that one. and another thing is I would highly, I would recommend it to other people to like watch it and make your own decision because there's some cool stuff in it too. Stuff I've never seen. There's some right. interesting moments. Great climax. Huh? Yeah. And the concept is kind of fun too. This idea of uh, mm. like from what I 
I've yeah. been told about it, like a babysitter trying to use the kids she's babysitting as a sacrifice and a ritual or something like that. Yeah, so she's like, you get a soft spot for her too. She's one of those like you don't know how to feel about her characters. Mm. Yeah, she's not like a full on evil force. There's like some great emotional stuff, like they make a good little bond, but it's all just very light. And yeah, I'd recommend checking it out with friends. Excellent, great yeah. scare and tell. Yeah, it was great. It was a good week. All right, that brings us to our segment, This Dave in Christry. I love that that's just what it's called now. Yeah, it's perfect. We got there. Committed. It took like a two-episode arc to nail that title. We went to This Dave yeah. in Christry, <laughs> and then we're like, of course, we got to throw Dave in there as well. Of course. So, This Dave in Christry. Hush. Hush. Whoa. One year ago this Saturday, we watched Hush. Johnny Gallagher Jr. Which is the, the first Flanagan film that we watched together. So, it's been 365 wow. days that we've been on this crazy Flanagan train. Flanagan kick. Yeah, I guess that it really exploded for us after that. Absolutely. And I mean, before Hush, you had seen Hush and I had seen Oculus. So we both seen one film by this filmmaker, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That had was enough to get us both excited. And then uh, yeah. that just started this whole exploration of all his back catalog and being pumped through every release that he's had since then. Totally. Because we've got to see Before I Wake in that time, which mm-hmm. was released just recently. Yeah. Gerald's Game was released this past year. Dude, yeah, you're totally right. Flanagan's been killing it. Yeah. But what's the one scene from Hush that pops in your head when you think about it? The first thing I can think of when uh, I think of Hush is her gunning that uh, light thing into the woods. Um, Remember that like alarm that she had? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was a flashlight or the fire alarm, but Mm -hmm. she throws it into the woods as like a decoy. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. Visually, that's what I see most. Huh. Yeah. When I think back on the movie. Nice. What about you? That's a good one. For me, um, it's that scene of her in her head running through every possible oh, escape, yeah. right? Where it cuts to one, then she, cuts to another. So she gets killed a bunch of times. Yeah, which is such a so Mike genius. Flanagan thing to do. That's so Right, good. to show like these alternative realities through just yeah. presenting them to you instead of just being in the head of the person. Yeah, and it's great to see in a movie where um, ultimately the character is going to survive. It's great to see them also get killed. Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it shows your brain that they're a fragile, killable force. You know, that's a cool thing to throw into a um, into a movie. Totally, man. And uh, welcome back to Dave's Game Corner. Yes. Um, I want to play a game. Yeah. Dave's in the corner playing games. Want to play a game. Quick little Dave's Game Corner. Of course, in Dead Space, that's a huge thing that they do, is they show so many different, very cinematic Isaac deaths throughout the whole series. Mm. There's so many different ones to constantly um, just remind you that your character or the person who you're attached to going through the story is so so fragile and so close to death at any moment with Mm. any of the enemies that appear and that fosters a additional fear of all of those different enemies even though they're usually on their own not that scary you get used to them but when you're constantly reminded with these very very visual visceral deaths um, yeah, you have more respect for those lesser enemies and if you're kind of watching a movie where you're like "Ah, she's going to get out it gives you a little more respect for the killer's ability to kill her when you see it happen on screen. Mm. So I love seeing right. those sorts of things in movies. Yeah, he's capable of this. Here's how he would do it. Yeah, and here it is. You saw it. She's dead on screen in front of your eyes, even though it's happening in her head. So good. Perfect. Love the shit out of it. Awesome. Well, with that, I say we pop in some of these Poughkeepsie tapes. Let's watch a few tapes, Chris. I wonder if it's going to be like anthology-like, you know, or if it's going like, to be more towards that or a think, larger narrative. I think it'll have that feel, and there might be like, one or two stories where it's like laced throughout but then there'll be a few quick like we'll see cool good prediction let's just guess what the movie's like and not watch it (laughs) and with that let's do it cheers cheers
That was the Poughkeepsie tapes. Okay, so we watched the Poughkeepsie tapes, and that mm-hmm. was that was real rough. It was hard to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a very dreadful, dreadful movie. Yeah, but more than I expected. Like, uh-huh. maybe it's just that blend, that perfect blend of true crime and found footage, which is something unique. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't it, think I've seen that in another horror movie. Yeah, the document documentary style found footage with mm. that stays that way. It doesn't like devolve, like because. Um, the what's that one grave encounters kind of has that feel like it's a tv show more than a documentary but it's right yeah like at the front and end of those movies you have yeah. like the preparation of actually releasing the film yeah. talks with the directors exactly yeah. and it goes in and out of them being like in character and going like jesus this is crazy and mm-hmm. you know putting on their acting voices and stuff but uh it uh, this one um poughkeepsie tapes maintains that it doesn't degrade into a typical found footage they have their pacing that stays consistent and yeah constantly going back to delivering the story like yeah. the, the main structure is like a true crime it's like you're watching the jinx yeah. or one of the latest netflix true crime shows sure yeah and then it just cuts in between interviewing the detectives and the cops to just direct footage yeah which is terrifying at times yeah some of that footage is just so nasty mm-hmm. it's just him like he what was some of the first footage that we saw was like him abducting a little girl yeah that was that was real dark. Gets us started. And I'm like, ooh, there's gonna, they're going to show us some creepy stuff here. We're, we're going to see a little bit of his character just right away. Mm-hmm. Just violence and abduction of a child. And and then the second one was um, just that super long one. Like It felt like it was 10, 15 minutes of the couple. The couple, yeah. Where in the shower, and he's just like expertly navigating mm-hmm. around them for so long. It felt like one of the VHS shorts yeah. or something. Yeah, that was, that was a, a cool... That might have been the most like for me without the dreadful murdery gross stuff mm-hmm. that was like the most exciting cat and mousey sequence absolutely that was really cool found footage he was right in between those two people like really caught if they had you know been looking Turned for him. around the right way at the yeah. right time yeah he was just hiding behind little you know just the line of sight wasn't perfect for them to see him no uh, she knew that he was in there but it was perfect because the boyfriend was also in the house it was very very effective yeah and i feel like after that then it starts to take a really darker turn when you see I don't know if it was Cheryl, but the first victim like tied up with her arms tied to her ankles. Oh yeah, I, yeah, was that her? I, I'm not. I think so because sure. I think it was because she hit. He hits her over and over again. And says no, your name is Slave. Slave, yeah, that was Cheryl. Yeah, totally, hundred percent, it was. Oh god. So yeah, that that brought it to a new darkness, but also it kind of I think for me brought it to a level of or it introduced like a level of sloppiness with this character because mm-hmm. he's at the same time they're selling him as this like insanely meticulous serial killer who's like yeah. in control at every little step, but at the same time he seems very unhinged when he's down there in the basement with Cheryl, you know? Yeah. Like it seems like the way, like the interactions that he has with these people like he gets like mad pretty quickly. He he likes to stay in his position of of power even conversationally. Mm-hmm. He did it to the little girl right off the bat. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. Like no, you're supposed to have manners. You know, he immediately like yeah goes the discipline route. But like in terms of it, the things that he does, he constantly maintains that you know that professionalism. I guess mm-hmm. um, so much so that like he does the I guess the when he murders that couple. Um, or I guess Cheryl's boyfriend and takes Cheryl. They, um, the police think that it was the work of someone who is doing it for their first time or something because yeah. of the way that he does it, which was like intentional, intentionally sloppy to In, throw him off. Yeah, um, yeah. And, There's and, that one great scene of the detective going through all the different reporting of the scenes, and he's just showing how disparate all the different yeah. scenes are. They're like 
this analysis says it's a first timer. This analysis says yeah. it's an expert. This one says it's someone local. This one says it's someone out of town. Yeah, and he goes through like thirty lines of yeah. you know, just different parts of those reports. Yeah, so that was that was one thing that I like I, stepping back and looking at this film overall. That's something that doesn't fully line up for me. Like that he is this kind of erratic individual when we get to see him and he's freaking out and he seems completely out of control and at the same time he's able to maintain this balance like i don't know if i'd buy that in a human being that's like uh, that is almost like the exact character of like that mark duplass plays in creep this guy who is like he's in total control of what's going on but he's like in terms of his emotions he's totally unchecked and out of control I feel, I feel like he's still more in control though like while he does like especially in those moments he allows himself kind of creative exploration with these yeah. killings. Like, I feel like he's still at no point is he out of control where I, f- I feel like this killer is a little bit out of control at times. Okay, well, how it seems to me is like, if we're just comparing these two, I guess, cause they're both fresh in my mind. Um, like the Mark Duplass character, he lets his victims like even kind of go and he's like sending tapes and he eventually brings this guy back to the, that lake or whatever where he ends up killing him Mm -hmm. but he's leaving a lot of the agency up to the victim whereas this character the only time he's like super unhinged and anything like that is when he's down in his like completely safe torture chamber or whatever where there's like no chance of anything going wrong yeah more or less um that's when we see him be like somewhat unhinged but even in that unhinged setting he's filming and recording it and giving it to the police so he's if you zoom out a few layers, he's still totally, totally in control, even though he's he's coming off as a super emotional character. I think that might play into just this whole Stockholm syndrome and and uh, the turning of Cheryl's like personality hmm. via torture. Like I don't think he's he's out of control at all, even though his oh yeah. So that's two very different readings on this character because yeah. I see that I see that character as just totally loose under those circumstances and being unpredictable and that the things that these victims are, how he's responding to him is setting him off in more aggressive ways than he wants. Yeah. Like when they're not responding to that name, he's like really flipping out at them and losing his cool. Yeah. And to me, that flip out is just such a contrast to the paced, calm, quiet dude who's creeping around the house, like with the okay. ultimate stealth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's got like all these different, really, really weird components to his, mm-hmm. I guess, fucked up personality. It's like, severely deranged and the fascination with cheryl is interesting too like we never really get to why he likes this person in particular you know like what is it about cheryl it seems like somewhat quickly she embraces this role that he's trying to get somebody to play Mm -hmm. you know she's like uniquely the one who like i don't know is more scared for her life so is she i think so yeah so much so that she will kill other people and do what he says and like only it only takes a couple punches and she's done with her own name and she's happy that he yeah. killed her parents. And but stuff we don't like even that. see him trying that to other people. Like we just, it's just Cheryl's the first one that we see him yeah. trying to like really, there's yeah some weird connection that they something made. weird. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Ooh. even that whole, that whole aspect of the film is kind of strange. The whole, like, um, let's get into the Stockholm syndrome syndrome aspect of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like for that to play such a central role in this film, I don't, I don't know how much it really added to it. Like I was, I was really, really on board and really scared the first like half hour, 40 minutes of the movie, you know, like mm-hmm. all the setup and everything. Yeah. And I think, I think I would have, it would have maintained that for me for the rest of the movie if we didn't get this whole other aspect of revealing of the killer. You know what I mean? I wanted sure. him to just be completely gone. I didn't want to see him walking around with a mask, crawling on all fours and doing oh, yeah. these kinds of things. I would have, it would have been more effective for me if we'd never seen him or seen him like masked and more muted and quiet like i wanted more yeah, mystery okay. okay around the poughkeepsie parrot 
<laughs> we lovingly have like we started referring to him as the Poughkeepsie parrot because of that mask, mm-hmm. that old doctor's mask that he wears yeah. with the beak on it, um, because of how like disrespectful in a way that would be to the killer it itself. Is. And they give him so much. The cops give him so much respect. Like yeah. they, when they're talking about him, first of all, he has a cool name, right? What is it? The water, water street butcher, water street butcher, right? Yeah. Like, great name. Mm-hmm. And then even when he's, when they're talking at the end of the movie, if like, if you make this documentary guaranteed, he's going to go out and watch it yeah. in that moment for a split second. I thought, Oh, is he going to be the one who's making the documentary? Are they going to hint at that? Ooh, yeah, that's cool. It could, yeah, yeah, it could have been, that could have been another thing that they could have potentially added that he's doing this documentary, which is the ultimate like meta film about his own film. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. That's a that's good mm-hmm. um, good posturing for a sequel. Could be, Alec yeah. Creep, because mm-hmm. he's the one who made that movie. Absolutely. That would be hilarious. That just so funny that like these guys are doing such like deep dive investigative true crime. Mm-hmm. They're like showing us like we they they showed great like map decals of like this is what the map looks like. This is you know if this couple was driving somewhere, this is these are the yeah. logical routes. We they would be approximately this is the vehicle. That's, what, fast. that's, felt, that's why it felt like the jinx or a true crime thing is they're yeah, showing you the was, graphics. But this is ten years ago. Was, I know. Yeah, it was in two thousand seven. This was, I feel like it would have this would do so well right now. Like as a yeah, they should put this thing on. Netflix because I feel like so many people 100%. Would. Yeah. everyone loves this kind of true crime thing that's yes, yes but it's exactly. just those are grisly torture sequences they're dark it's like let's go back to um when we watched Killing Ground we were talking about how like it was dark and we were it was some horrible concepts of what was happening to these people mm-hmm. but they did not show you that like the depths of that horror yeah you know so they they gave you sort of a breather and this one sort of like in Paranormal Activity whenever that like nighttime camera comes on you know some bullshit's about to happen Mm -hmm. and you just have to sit through it yeah whenever we got wavy color line camera Mm -hmm. shot we knew something like you know that's gonna feel bad in your stomach was about to happen yeah Um, and they did not shy away from it and you're right like that's i think that's what makes something like this less of a tell everyone about it kind of movie like i think that it would be hard to stomach for even a lot of people who love love those true crime sort of stories totally it wouldn't it wouldn't fall into the same category if you love true crime you'll love this it's like it's a creature of its own yeah you'll definitely love the first like half Uh you know but then you it'll start to take its toll Mm because they don't stop it keeps getting worse and worse yeah because the guy is it's not just like a it's not just a killer who enjoys like really intense detailed like oh i don't leave fingerprints everywhere i'm going to kill as many people as well he doesn't love it just for the killing he also like has extremely perverted desires. This guy ha- rapes people once they're dead. He's yeah. with dead bodies. He rapes kids. That's what they said right at the top, didn't they? Yes. That eight-year-old? Yeah. So, I mean, like this guy is insanely fucked up, which gives it a whole level of terror. It's not like you're, oh, it's like this really creepy dude who's like really smartly going cases. No, this mm. is just, this is an insanely fucked up person yes. at the same time, which yeah. adds a different layer of terror to it. Yeah, well, I, one of the... Um, the woman investigators, I think, uh, early on said like, you know, I don't like feel respect for like a lot of these investigators who like have some sort of respect for him. I like feel nothing but loathing for this person mm-hmm. because of what he did to, um, what's her name? Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah. Um, like that they all have this sort of like more like respect almost isn't the right word, but this like morbid, like uh, appreciation almost for mm-hmm. the fact that this, this killer so knows not just how to kill, but the system around which, like, so that he can get around these right. things. Right, yeah, yeah. He said, like, he has an intimate knowledge of bureaucracy, they say at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, they know that if you put different body parts in different states, it's going to take forever to process that yeah. file. Because states each... don't talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's 
that's such a cool, super true crimey feeling little mm-hmm. detail. Mm-hmm. You know, it has nothing. It has exactly it's bureaucracy. It has nothing to do with the killing or where he put stuff. Like he buried no. it under concrete so they couldn't find it. This it guy's was, thinking about crazy details that you would normally not even consider. Yeah, and so much so that like his killings lined up with this one police officer who had no alibi for being in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. They think they got he got like sperm samples from a like a donation bank donation bank and um he got like blood in this guy's car and stuff and ended up getting this guy yeah killed with through the system and it was effective too for us to not ever see that character ourselves we never mm-hmm. got to see him say to like a cop i'm innocent i never did any of this we did they didn't show that in the movie which no. makes it very effective all you hear is he wouldn't take the plea deal he refused he's like no, yeah. get out of here i'll defend myself like i did yeah. not do these things yeah they basically presented it as if he was the killer and the killer was yeah. caught and that was a very effective sequence in the movie. Yeah. And then for oh, yeah. right away to reveal the pit, like he, the killer himself sends a note, like you missed yeah. one, like, Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Missed one. <laughs> and then just immediately I'm thinking about the, the kid of the man who was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, first of all, great performance from that guy. Totally shaken. Yeah. So shaken. So upset. Cause his dad was basically killed mm-hmm. by the c- serial killer killed a police officer through the state to frame yeah <laughs> yeah so his own killings yeah then basically faked his own death by murdering a police officer through the bureaucracy so mm-hmm. genius and horrific and great so he has that station wagon we know that yeah he's got that one car mm-hmm. but then does he also have a cop car because near the end the one woman that he takes in yeah i think so he has some somehow he's also driving a cop car at one mm-hmm. point you know you think like so and that was he gave up one of the locations of one of his homes but they don't really talk about any leads like some of those are all dead ends and they still have no idea yeah well everywhere he goes like this house that he was doing all the stuff in not a single fingerprint mm-hmm. in all the time that he did this so mm-hmm. like he probably lives somewhere else he like they assume that he moved to another state where they they don't know he's there they haven't started a case against him yet it yeah. would, it's going to take so much so many killings and a case to be built in order to just compare it to the first one yeah you know so like i don't know it's he seems so at large and so like not even close to being found yeah like there isn't a lead out there we got that shot nearing the end where he was actually out with cheryl like at a bar or something they were sitting in a booth and the camera was just on cheryl dressed up nice yes, terrifying just so terrifying and then another shot like that was when he um walked up with his camera camera to cheryl's mother and asked if oh my god that was so do. good i forgot about that scene oh that's what I was and she about is like wait and what is it about him i guess because it's just he, a creepy dude he kind of does this little chuckle like when he, she's like oh i missed wait, the chuckle wait he's like eh. and he, he starts like running off mm-hmm. like he just gets him like yeah you get it you get what i'm doing right here so she saw this guy and that's why yeah. they have like a total visual representation like they have a sketch that's yeah. not vague at all like and they it, know what he looks like and it happens to look kind of like that that Dempster. yeah yeah that one guy which is why he would pick a cop like that to frame perfectly. Yeah. Like, oh, he's going on vacation? I'm going to do a little trip too and kill some people over there. His MO changed. Like, that's what they say. Like, mm-hmm. one of the little, like, chapters in the movie is, like, new MO. Mm-hmm. Um, and she started picking up um, prostitutes as a police officer. Mm-hmm. And so ba- it seems like he found this guy first and based his killings around, around this his person. Structure, yeah. And that is so, like, terrifyingly brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, like they give you so many examples in this where he's like made really, really smart decisions. Like with that couple in the car who like his car is broken down. So he like films them and he kills them with the hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he like, he wants them to turn off to go to a gas station because he knows there's like a little abandoned turn off. And that, the gas station is abandoned. Yeah. And there's just wooded areas undeveloped. Yeah. Just a quick little 
like he's he's very personable when he's out in the world mm-hmm. you know a quick little um area that he's found he's like great i'll just lead a couple here kill him yeah and, and he, to the point where he signed where he would hide one of the bodies yes. at a different gas station before he even got in the car with those two yeah he's that's so creepy and so awesome really creepy a <laughs> lot a lot to like a lot to like in this movie um now that I think about it, picking up that one woman in the cop car at the end, it doesn't really connect to anything else. It's just another random abduction, yeah. another random tape. I think it's just another one. And it seemed like that one, I, I see that more justified in like the filmmaking than I do in the story. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of like show that he's still out there and still doing it is what it felt like. Um, but what it was is it was more to show that creepy scene in the end where he's down in the basement, crawling with the mask, crawling with the head. mask, and then using the that like glove with the two fingers. Yeah, yeah, which looks like the the needle glove that Scarecrow wears in the Arkham series, mm. um, the Batman video games. It's really fun. Um, I, would, I would go Freddy Krueger first. So my mind first went because <clears throat> he's got the he's got the knives. Yeah, yeah. That's like that, but that thing too. Those like, um, sort of like needle fingers. They look like little needles. That's that's a thing. That's an actual image out there. There's like, um, syringes on gloves yeah. in, in like that same sort of time. Syringe period. is a whole nether level yeah. <laughs> to have like you're injecting something in there. Yeah, that's. It took me a while yeah. to see that she had like clear tape over her mouth too, so that mm-hmm. way when she was coughing up blood, it was like splattering up the tape. Yeah. yeah, that was a great image, just for gross horror gore. Mm-hmm. Getting like creepy like that alone makes such a great gif that you put it in a trailer you put it out on the internet people are like what is this movie mm-hmm. right but that does not represent what the movie was like at all that was one weird off scene there's there's so many like i can't this is it doesn't feel like a movie like paranormal activity where you watch and you say oh yeah this makes sense that this filmed in like a week or two like it's mm. just one set one you know a couple actors you can just plow through a lot of these scenes yeah but there are so many different kinds of scenes in this movie that mm-hmm. it must be in like down to the establishing shots it must be insane to not or so frustrating to not have this movie actually see that wide of an audience when it came yeah. out yeah they were all over the place they had a whole bunch of different actors there yeah there must be a group of people who are mm-hmm. like what the we worked really hard this is a great movie and then seeing like a trove of like true crime like oriented shows and and just like, be like man we could have tapped right into this yeah it maybe... well that's probably explains the scream factory release the fact that they picked yeah. it up and they're like people will want to watch this now yeah and they will mm-hmm. although it is just rough it is so dark very hard it's very hard to watch mm-hmm. um yeah, what's interesting about the true criminess aspect of it is that there are some elements, like some of the talking heads and some of the graphics that they're showing, that mm-hmm. would be totally passable and acceptable in 2018. Like, it, it's almost as good quality. It looks the same, yeah. shot the same, scored the same as a true crime doc now. But some of the other talking heads look like they're a 90s special about alien encounters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we, we laughed a little bit at the um, the first guy who was talking about, like, the saws, all the different saws. Uh-huh. That guy was, like, a little too happy. Like, it was, a, like, an infomercial. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that might have been his last gig. And I'm also thinking about the guy who had actually watched the tapes. He's, oh, like, yeah. shot in, like, a library where there's, like, rain coming down behind him yeah. or whatever. And there's, like, another TV in the corner. Yeah, That, to right. me, looks like it's straight out of, like... Or current day History Channel, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Some kind of like... Not Nazi zombies in ancient Egypt. Yeah. You know, ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs show spaceships. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, dude. It looked exactly like that. That was... Um, but that reminds me of one of the shots with that guy. The guy mm-hmm. who watched all the tapes. Which I was hoping for some sort of weird like... He's like, I really want to see the other ones. Like, 
I just got to know what part of the story I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Like he's addicted to it. Like he's the only one who's binged through a show that no one else has seen. That's exactly it. Um, it's just like, I do love the things that they don't tell you mm-hmm. at the end. Like I do love that, that little detail of, Oh, we, they're all numbered sequentially. We're missing about 32 tapes. So we don't know what's on them. Like yeah. that's another great, like, Oh, what other element is it to this killer who there's certain tapes that he's not sharing? Yeah. It, that's so thorough because like they could just have all the tapes, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't really make a tremendous difference, but it just adds a little bit of a lingering yeah. legacy among other things that he does. And also he could be fucking with them. He could just like not yeah. have tapes with those numbers in them. Yeah. He could just have skipped one accidentally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he just went to 25 rather than 24. Yeah. Or he's like, if I leave some gaps, like that will really freak him out and send him scrambling yeah. even more yeah I, I don't know that i could do that if i left gaps then you could just make tapes later you know and like slot <laughs> them in just weird stuff yeah mm-hmm. um but that shot of him like showing the length of that tape collection mm-hmm. that was such a good shot because he wasn't just saying like look how many tapes there are yeah even though that's what they were doing he was also showing like look how many tapes there are specifically dedicated to cheryl this one victim yeah, you know, like the that. majority of them yeah and that was also that was early in the movie so that was super creepy we didn't know what he did to cheryl yet absolutely and we hadn't even seen many of the tapes in general at that point and for him just like the kind of the last one we saw right at the beginning of the movie those of the girl of the oh the body the body at the end which did you notice he left in the grave for them to find when he left yeah he left that tape for them yeah oh my god but when he's when he's describing like going through the tapes and saying I've like this is my job to go through and archive them. I didn't sleep more than an hour each night the first month yeah. that I go through. My wife saw half an hour of one, and I haven't been able to touch her for a year. Yes. Those things for them to set that up that is so I found so effective because it was yeah. really freaking me out to be like, okay, what the fuck is in these tapes before we even started watching that footage? Yeah, absolutely. And like uh, the doctor near the end, like saying about like the things that had happened to her. Mm-hmm. He's like. And then a bunch of other things that I can't even yeah. talk about because they're just too horrific to even say out loud. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, because I saw a bunch of stuff that was probably too horrific for me to have seen. Yeah. And there's way worse stuff than that. And, you know, we maybe saw 40 minutes worth of tapes mm-hmm. or less. And there's thousands of hours. That's just so mm-hmm. horrific. And man, that just that grainy, discolored, wavy video just was so so effective. Yeah, <laughs> I found. Yeah, it it had moments where um it was too dark, like when he was walking in and the the I guess Cheryl and her boyfriend were laying on the couch. Mm-hmm. I knew what I should be looking at at that moment, but I couldn't see. Okay, until like basically they were waking up. I was like, oh, when he came downstairs and walked yeah. around the side. Yeah, there were situations where I found that like the color turned like it seemed like someone had their hand on the dial constantly and just going, whoa, whoa, up and down and changing the color and the waviness of the screen. Mm-hmm. Like there were just some moments where the color would come back and the picture would like when the clarify. camera wouldn't even move around. Yeah, like, clearly it's a post-production effect. Yeah, yeah. And but like those moments of like sometimes when you can almost tell like the mood of the scene was going to get more intense because like the image started to distort more. Oh, really? I've, I have thought that maybe it was just distorted the whole time. But like mm. I felt more as it distorted um, specifically on with the little girl right at the beginning. Yeah. It seemed like um, as he walked up to her, you could see clearly what everything was. Was and then mm-hmm. I almost felt like his anger at her not saying her name or not talking to him was like making the camera wavy and color w- weird happening. Right. I, don't know. I I do like that though, cause that touch just in general because mm-hmm. so many found footage movies that we watch that doesn't happen. That's not a thing. But yeah. old camcorders did do that. Yeah, like when yeah, you're taping true. around. We're old enough to know. <laughs> 
to have had cameras like that that we played with when we were kids yes. and it would you switch around you the most minor change in light would like flip the colors it mm-hmm. would look strange yeah 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 so totally. it was it was nice to see that because i don't feel like we see that in too many found footage movies maybe at least to the extent that we saw here yeah no it it doesn't come up usually like or it's really awkward it's like a mm-hmm. digital effect yeah that like yeah little like squares or pixels get like right. lost or, or distorted I, this effect is kind of nicer because the image is always there. It's almost more fluid, right? And like there, there's like a film over the, over the camera lens or something that's distorting it, rather than little bits of the image are disappearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the other problem often with found footage is just a crazy movement of the camera moving very fast. But the whole time with this one, the, he moved very slowly with it. Yeah, if not just placing it down somewhere for yeah, long yeah. periods of time. Yeah. So it was it was never a matter of like the way that the camera was moving was gonna make you sick, which mm-hmm. some people can't watch found footage for that reason. Yeah. It wasn't a high def camera, so it was always moving very slowly and it was like this wavy color, if anything, that would make you you mm-hmm. know, feel like there was a lot of movement. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be that effectively dark. Yeah. No, I, I thought it would be a lot more fun. Yeah. We kinda totally I, I did, our way through it. Yeah, like like VHS are still they're intense movies. They're really scary, mm-hmm. especially that one short from the first one. Yeah. But you're kind of like going through them and watching them, and they don't get under your skin. This one I felt got under my skin really quickly, yeah. like oh, right yeah. off the bat. It was dreadful and sickening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I crossed my arms and like solemn faced, just watched and hoped for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I did I did like a lot about it for a lot of the reasons that we've listed so far. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I just I don't like that he also was a necrophiliac and raped kids like to me that just it makes it so dark Mm -hmm. that it's almost like not even something that you can appreciate for this character to have like yeah just be so fucking twisted you know yeah i think that would going back to creep um if if that got perverted a little bit if he wasn't just killing people for the joy of it yeah and he was like doing horrible stuff to them that would be too much i'd be too much yeah so i i get what you're saying and it is that raises a question of like um, is that what makes it an effective horror movie yeah like as you watch horror movies you're supposed to sort of appreciate mm-hmm. this this dreadful shit that happens yeah and it's very difficult to appreciate things like that in this movie mm-hmm. killing ground again going back to that you can appreciate it because they're not focusing on it they're just like letting you know it happened and showing you how these characters get through it implied violence yeah um, but even the the necrophiliac and the child rape was implied like we weren't yes. shown those things yeah we yeah. were told them um but, but still, yeah, it's very real. Mm-hmm. Um, just having those reenactments in it, it all just it was in a, a format that that stri- strikes home, you know. The reenactments are hilarious. That really adds like another layer, and it dates the uh, true criminess of it yeah. because it really makes it feel like a true crime TV show from mm-hmm. ten years ago when you mm-hmm. see reenactments. Now, like in contemporary true crimes, you don't have them in that same fashion where yeah. it's like um, blacked out shadow bodies doing the same <laughs> yeah. scenes, and it says reenactment and glowing sans serif from the bottom of the yeah. screen they do that in um uh the fourth kind which is an alien abduction movie mm-hmm. with yeah mila jonovich I mean, yeah yeah exactly it's uh it's also kind of funny in that movie when they do it just just because like you said it's a little dated so point. is that like a mockumentary type thing yeah too true crime yeah right it, it was mockumentary like um a bunch of people who had sp- spoken to the same doctor mm. you know and had these these things right yeah not about crime per yeah, se yeah yeah um, I, yeah. I'm happy that they let the Girl Scouts go because that was yes, that a was <laughs> that was a bit of relief. It was huge relief, and much needed. <laughs> but it also like came with its own super dark reveal that the Absolutely. coffee table was Cheryl, mm-hmm. and the noise that the girls heard downstairs was the fact that Cheryl hadn't effectively 
assisted him correctly in tying this the other, other victim. And that's the only yeah. reason that I let him go. He's like, yeah. I've just got, I got I'd love to, but I just got too much yeah. going on right now. Yeah. And even that, oh, so her wearing that mask, once he got Cheryl in that mask, I found that so disturbing. Oh, that was so bad. So creepy. Oh. And now everything she did, it was done, like, it made her look scarier, uh-huh. even though she was the victim. But like, that was, it sort of marked a visual turning point for the audience to know that now this is the Cheryl who is like doing his bidding as well. Yeah. That we get to see that first scene where she we cuts totally, the throat. It's well done in that sense of showing this trajectory of her fighting back, yeah. like refusing to just becoming totally Stockholm about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not just like doing it for self-preservation. Eventually she starts to believe it because of the yeah. reinforcement. Yeah. He totally realigns her brain. Yeah. And so much so that she ends up killing herself. And in the end. That there's one shot which I took as her what being forced to watch the tapes or something because it was like just on her face wearing the mask and it showed her eyes like kind of going back and forth and she uh, was filling up with tears and you heard in the background but it sounded like digitally distorted just sounds of people being killed oh, and you okay. saw a light reflecting off her face differently so I think he that, was like taping her mm. like I'm gonna make you just watch these tapes all the time. Because I he's was like, wondering, I yeah. thought that he was in the like in the other room, like Killing just doing someone. something horrific. And but why would he do that? Why would he have her like secondhand response filmed for himself rather than yeah. making her? That's probably exactly what happened, dude. That's because he's always catch. he's always telling her like, um, um, I'm doing this for you, or like you want me to do this, right? Yeah. You want me to, and and she makes her he makes her say like, thank you, master, thank you for going and killing these people. And yeah, he's <sighs> like. Yeah. Did you want me to do it? Yes. Why? Yeah. He always like, he pushes it. He makes her say something, but not just because he wants to hear it. Mm-hmm. He like wants to continuously reinforce his thing. And so like going back to what we were talking about, about his like volatility mm-hmm. really at the top, it's still, even though he's volatile, it's calculated in such a way that the way that it comes out is reinforcing this behavior he wants to reinforce. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost not that, you know, out of his control. It just, yeah seems like that's the way that he most effectively gets to people by being super explosive to right. frighten her. Yeah. So you're saying that even like this erratic behavior is like calculated to get a certain reaction out of his victim, yeah. Cheryl in that moment. Yeah. That, and that could be true too, but just the fact that he has these desires, the fact that he has to fuck a dead body. Oh no. Yeah. No, I'm not, <laughs> not respecting this guy at all. Respecting the storytelling mm-hmm. as one of the more like despicable, horror villains it's not you can't just write it off as some black shadowy figure that in the end gets stabbed in the neck or something and it's over yeah you know or even gets away with it and no, does terrible things actually a despicable human being yeah and yeah. you he speaks like we we put together a personality mm-hmm. we hear him talking um we hear him talking to kids we hear him being like kind of charming yeah and just we, never showing his face it's a it's a really good balance of that of not showing the actual person other than yeah. in small uh, distorted footage from like a yeah uh, gas station security cam. Yeah, and he's signing with sign language. That's such a weirdly, mm-hmm. a weirdly interesting way to yeah. deliver a projected future victim. Of course, of course, yeah. And it's interesting because they would never have to go back and look at that footage if he didn't end up doing it. Mm-hmm. So you might as well go like, you know, eight ball corner pocket. You might as well point way out to left field. Yeah, you know, might as well predict something. That's so funny. That's um. Do you watch The Good Place at all? I haven't watched it yet. Trevor likes it a lot. Is it good? Oh, it's amazing. It's really like amazing. New, yeah, it's amazing. It's the next um, Michael Schur movies. Michael Schur show. So the guy who did The Office, the Office and, and yeah. Parks and Recreation. This is the newest one. And but it's true. like got a high genre concept. You, I'm sure you know the kind of basic yeah. story, right? Yeah, yeah. But in last night's episode, um, one of the kind of higher up guys who's not human. He's like a demon creature or whatever who's responsible for creating this landscape of the bad place or the good place. Mm-hmm. Um, he like 
is kind of on the side of some of the protagonists at this one point and he like left a bunch of clues to show that like i'm deceiving all these other people mm. and they like found these four clues that he left to point out everything and they're like we found your clues thanks so much and he's like oh that's great actually i left 1200 clues in total but i'm so <laughs> glad you picked up on a few of them oh <laughs> uh, that's awesome that's really funny. yeah but this idea that this killer could just constantly be like leaving little things and then if it works out then the yeah. pieces are in place for the cops to find you wonder cool. what other types of clues yeah. that he left it was also a genius way just to add on to like to expand the feel of doing a mockumentary film footage to show not just interviews with the cops but also the training of new cops who are yeah. in it. like i loved those scenes in the classroom with that, that was one great cops solemnly like talking and trying to like explain the gravity yeah. of some of the killers that you're gonna have to deal with if you want to be in this academy yeah and they really let you know it's like really take a long hard look at yourself this may not be what you want to do and then you see the students reacting so viscerally to what they're seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think specifically that one where, God, this is so, I almost forgot about it, but it's coming back to me now. That one shot where one of his victims wakes up and he's like, wake up, wake up, wake up. I have a surprise for oh you. Oh my God. And it panned down. Holy shit. I'm and, glad you remembered that. Yeah. And he had like surgically implanted the head of like her husband or, or whatever mm-hmm. into her head, her stomach, stomach her abdomen. And that, like, that's what these students had to see, you know, yeah. after they'd been warned. is like, you need to address whether or not this is what you want to do because things like this fucking happen. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, my God, that is so creepy. Mm-hmm. And we barely saw it. It was cool because we only saw for, like, a split second they cut it off, um, like, what it actually was. Yeah. And I'm like, that looks like some weird surgery or torture thing. I couldn't tell exactly. And then they showed us the um, like zoomed out like sterile laboratory photograph of the body after it was found, mm-hmm. rather than the um, the camera image of the woman still alive with it in her. Mm-hmm. So it was like dried up and dark and like decomposed, and you could see the human skull in the thing. And they had to determine forensically that it was a male head, head. not her head. Yeah. Oh god. Uh-huh. That is like, that's a top tier horror image delivered with like top tier true crime delivery. That was very, very cool. Absolutely. And horrific. Uh-huh. Man. <laughs> John Eric Dodel. I, I assume that's how you pronounce his name. D O W D L. Dodel. D L E. Dodel. John Eric Dodel. I mean, like, this guy has a great understanding. And his brother Drew, who co writes a lot of these movies with him. Yeah great understanding of like what can effectively work with found footage right uh-huh. i mean we both love as above so below yep. too as um, above so below and maybe I, we should check out quarantine i think i've i feel like i've seen quarantine i yeah i can't remember which one yeah which there's one like there's like three or four they're all kind of the same it's like an apartment building yeah that's like shut down and they go into it yeah and there's like the reporter right yeah i'm pretty sure quarantine because it's quarantine might be the one that i've seen and i don't think i got through it but i I think i've seen clips of that one and haven't seen rack okay yeah that might be the same for me i might not have gotten through it right but i'm totally kind of down to give it a shot now totally i wonder if that all came after this movie yeah yeah this one was first in fact i'm assuming that the reason why they got to do a movie like quarantine if it is the american remake of rec is because some producers or movie studios saw this film and like, oh, yeah. this guy knows how to do found footage. Yeah, because it was, um, I don't remember, what, it did a festival and I think it like mm-hmm. won an award there or something. Um, right, then that's definitely that's definitely it. That opened up the doors. Must have, yeah. So even if it didn't, even if it didn't get a huge audience at first that it probably deserved to get, it at least opened up the doors for their, mm-hmm. this guy to be able to make a ton more movies. Yeah. 
Um, one other little like story element I wanted to bring up, because mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how to feel about it, but it seems kind of like an interesting delivery, is that there's this other component, which is super true crimey, um, that the wrongfully killed man mm-hmm. um, who was like framed, yeah, um, that story came out because he was killed on, or they figured it out on like the ninth or whatever. Yeah, right. That yeah, story yeah. came out on the eleventh. Yeah, September eleventh. September eleventh. Be in the paper. So like, or partially the reason that this guy, um, like that there's not a massive manhunt afterwards, or that the investigation doesn't explode afterwards, is because the story is just like mm. reduced from the public's eye because of nine eleven happening. Yeah. Yeah, I took that like as the son's grief of like my yeah. my father doesn't even get vindicated in the public yeah. eye because of this public event that happened to happen at the exact same time. So that's why people still come up to me and they say, "Hey, no relation to the water Water Street butcher, do you?" Because yeah. they wasn't it wasn't a huge story. No, and that's like a moment of remarkable like serendipitous luck for the bad guy like i think next to martyrs this is one that really kind of like just was more disturbing in that sense you know it didn't get to martyrs levels but it was still disturbing because martyrs just never stops until Mm -hmm. you're broken down Mm -hmm. this one is pretty short but it it just lasts and it's so effective top to bottom and there's not a lot to point out about the filmmaking to like distract you no because they've done it in this like documentary found footage way. They can throw any information. They can just write it on the screen. There's very few limitations for delivering yeah. story and like the it's, acting performances. It's so well structured and yeah. paced, like just solid cut away from a found footage to go to some interviews, but then you're not in an interview too long before you're all of a sudden back in some yeah. original footage. The movie just goes along so quickly, but it felt like we were there longer than an hour and 20 minutes. It felt yeah. like it was hour 30, hour uh, 40. It was never dragging. There's never a moment that wasn't contributing to this overall feeling, mm-hmm. you know, that by the end of the movie you're left with, you're just empty and feeling horrible. It, every, um, every interview was just to, just adding to that giving you more stats and numbers that you know are staying in your head they're yeah. not throwaway scenes none of them yeah um there was um one thing is the the um the angles the dutch angles mm, the, uh, these bothered dave a lot yeah just like when they were interviewing typically it was this one the bald cop guy mm-hmm. in his um those shots they wanted to angle specifically they like angle them like 45 degrees for some reason i'd say that's like a solid like nine or ten degrees it's just <laughs> it enough was, to be irritating it's, it seemed like so much in that one mostly because like behind him was like those grid of like blocky glass the thing you the thing you'd normally use as a reference to make sure yeah. your camera is straight <laughs> exactly now really make it stand out that this camera is yeah. not straight at all yeah that really got to me I'm like why do that why do that Mm-hmm. I guess like, and then especially there was one scene where it was slid perfectly, and then halfway through the yeah. take, the camera adjusts <laughs> as if the camera guy was like, "Oh shit, he wanted me to angle all these ones." Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. This <laughs> seemed like exactly what happened. That was yeah. the moment where I was chuckling to myself a little bit, uh-huh. and and sometimes with the color, I'm like, "Yeah, this right. guy just bought the cheapest possible camera." Yeah. Wow. Other than that, just just gonna make you feel bad. Yeah, I say if you like found footage movies and are prepared to watch a very very dark dark version of a found footage movie that also is tied in with like a mockumentary true crime style then Mm -hmm. like this is a very unique movie and i think it is worth checking out yeah Uh, or if you're like just not finding that the movies you're watching lately are affecting you you Mm -hmm. know like just eh, there's a throwaway found footage there's a throwaway slasher this isn't a throwaway horror movie no this one did affect us yeah it it works it does the thing that horror does and Mm -hmm. did it well maybe Mm -hmm. even too much yeah yeah really I, I think it was a really, really good movie. 
it's got that caveat where I'm like, I don't know the context to watch this movie, but yeah, it'll get you. Uh huh. It's undeniably a real rough one. Yeah, Ooh. I think I think like you said at the top, like it's not one that I know I would immediately recommend. I think it's like people who are who really do love the genre and want to mm-hmm. see the different ways that it can go, then yeah. that would be someone to recommend it to. Yeah. The people who are like, oh, I want to put on a good horror movie tonight. It's not necessarily yeah. the one that I would yes first think of. Yeah, I like true crime podcasts. What's a good horror movie? Uh, no, yeah. To give it some like time. Dark, twisted. Yeah, and and for those reasons that I've said many times now, just how disturbing this actual character was that like it doesn't fully land for me and i would have preferred mystery in the place of that mm. revoltingness but maybe that revoltingness is the key ingredient that made it get under your skin so much yeah maybe it's it's hard to say hard to say where where they should turn up and down the dial in these types of movies mm-hmm. you know if they should change things or if that will completely re- remove what yeah. makes it so effective but i'm glad we chose it thank you yeah. to the anonymous scared cat who recommended that at our end of year survey last year absolutely if you recommended poughkeepsie tapes you're mm-hmm. the only one who did it thank you so much yeah Oh, man, when she had no hand at the end in the interview. Oh, yeah, that little moment. Holy shit. It was just so quick, and she didn't know what to say because she wasn't being told what to say. That was so subtly delivered, and it was such a, like, like a moment. You're like, oh, my God, she doesn't have a hand. Yeah. Jeez. And when they uh, um, said that she took her own life, and um, then it sort of felt like it was that it was the end because that was a little black title card with some text on it. it yeah. Like she took her own life, and that's sad. And then it cuts to a the shot of the crime scene at her grave, yeah, where her body was taken, and then you instantly remember the first shot of the movie, which you had totally forgotten. Yeah, that. like brilliantly put together in that sense. Yeah, like it's so rare that happens. Like often with these movies, it's over delivered at the beginning, so you're constantly thinking about, well, what about that scene in the minute, beginning? What that scene about? The, what about that scene in the beginning? And then it yeah. finally shows you this one. It truly like, oh right, oh god, that's what it is. Yeah. And coupled with the fact that he has sex with the bodies, like that's oh, such god, yeah. that's such a devastating <laughs> end because it's so sad and then they cut to, but it's worse. Mm-hmm. Little fucking horrible cherry on top. Okay guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. My name is David Stonborough. My name is Chris Vandenberg. And as always Chaos Reigns Chaos Reigns Chaos reigns, chaos reigns. They'll put your head in someone's stomach. Chaos reigns. Oh, I feel so sad. See you later, scary cats. Bye. <laughs>